There is a ballot measure in San Bernardino County for the residents to vote on the county to leave the state. Yeah, we've been here for a long time, especially from our local governments, that they're frustrated. They're frustrated that they're not getting what they put in to take care of the demands the state of California is telling us to do. I'll give you a good example. I'm tech friendly, so I've been working with Elon Musk's companies. And so we've been working with them for four years now to go from Ranch Cucamonga to Ontario Airport for an underground loop. It's taken us four or five years to just get to the environmental process, but it's emerging technology. It costs 20 cents on the dollar versus a surface road, so very cost effective. It's yet to start building. Yet they went to Nevada and they already built the tunnel underneath the convention center and they're on phase two and they've done that in the last 18 months. So these are my frustrations. We have fantastic companies here, great ideas, we have all this stuff, but our rules and regulations make it so cumbersome to do a job, and if you spend 30% of your capital money just on this environmental study and five or six years of prep, just think about the inflationary cost, what it costs us, another 20 or 30% on top of that. My guest today is Kurt Hagman, chairman of San Bernardino County Supervisors. We have, you know, thousands of school districts throughout California and I was starting to look at those just briefly and my home school district gets about two-thirds what LA Unified gets per student. We have a tendency in California to give more money for failure than success. So when things go bad we throw more money at it, which is kind of opposite in the private sector. We'd like to reward success and um, to incentivize them to do better but in, in government we we seem to reward failure. San Bernardino County is one of the largest counties in America, even covering more ground than some states. Will it secede from California to become a state of its own? Keep watching to see why San Bernardino is not happy with what it's getting from California State. I'm Siamai Korami. Welcome to California Insider. Thank you for having me. There is a ballot measure in San Bernardino County for the residents to vote on the county to kind of leave the state or discuss leaving the state. Can yes. you tell us more about this? Yes, it's a, it's a ballot measure EE. And what it is is to allow us to represent our, our residents to study the lack of resources we're getting compared to our population need for the state of California and then look at that at our options as a county including is it possible to succeed from California um, to recover those um, resources that we're not getting. So how did a ballot measure like this came to place? We, we're hearing people leaving California, but this is, this is an interesting... Uh, yeah, we've been here for a long time, especially from our local governments, that they're frustrated. They're frustrated that they're not getting what they put in to take care of the demands the state of California is telling us to do. So as taxpayers, we're all taxpayers, it goes up in the big you know, bucket of dollars. And we started taking a look at it and realized that we're the fifth largest populated county in California, the largest geographical county in California, or the nation actually. Yeah. And um, we're not- You're we're, bigger than some states, right? We're bigger than nine states size-wise and bigger than uh, I think 14 states in population. But in comparison to our other counties throughout the state, we're the bottom third of the state resources coming back to our county. So we're, we're doing more or with less, we're not doing as much as we can for our residents. So we're hearing this over the years, not just a short-term period of time. And we finally decide, okay, we've done the normal channels. We, the, the normal channels, and I'm a former legislator as well, that the local government goes up and talks to their state representatives and this is our wish list, this is our needs, this is our problems. Um, and we're not getting that back 
in proportion to what we think we should be getting. So this is the next step. The next step is really to document it, which I think will help our residents and help our state uh, elected officials and even our federal representatives to look at where's the money going that they're allocating and is it a fairly um, fair process to be allocated back out. We believe it's not. We believe by us, I think out of 58 counties, we're number 42 or 44 in resources per population coming from Sacramento. And with that information, we hopefully can help us look at options for us to go with that information to go after we consider our fair share of those resources for our residents. And this is among many different departments and, and uh, everything from our transportation to mental health to our correction system. Um, all, all around the side, even our education system, we don't think we're getting the same amount of money. So this process, if, if the voters approve it, will give their voice behind us five electeds to go make that argument and to look at what options we have as a county. Um, I call it mild to wild. Uh, mild is to have data to go lobby, uh, hopefully more effectively, and show where we're not getting our money. Uh, mild may be class action lawsuit for those counties that are not getting their share and to put some more language in the way that allocation of resources are going through the state. And the more wild side is what is the steps for succession from California? Why do you think you guys are not getting this back, what you're putting in? Or, or why do you think there's a discrepancy? Well, it's, we always knew about it kind of on the sidelines. There, there's heavily populated counties, Los Angeles being one, um, you know, San Francisco area, Bay Area being another, that we know are getting more than their share per population just because they have a more number of legislators based on population. So, you know, they have more people, more voices being heard in the state capitol when that's in the state assembly or state senate. But we've always also been a north-south battle. Northern California seems to get more resources than Southern California, even when you have more of the population. And it's really the individuals making those decisions in the state government that are allocating the resources. And so I think with this knowledge base, it's, it's not just San Bernardino County, it's many of the Southern California counties are not getting their share per population for the resources that we could speak up a little bit and put you know, some formula to it. And not that I'm arguing that every resources should be allocated equally either, because there's certain areas that may need more. Uh, I would argue that San Bernardino County needs more for transportation because we are the largest geographical county and we are main spot for logistics coming from ports of Long Beach and LA. And we have all the warehouses and trucks going through the county that we probably need more lanes than maybe a Northern California County would need. But there needs to be a logic to the way they do it and not just a political ramification. And we believe that the resources are more political in nature to more, I hate to say it, but more uh, liberal counties um, that get more of the money for their causes. Can you explain that? How are these resources distributed or allocated right now? Generally, and it's not for every different segment, but generally there is a some sense of a baseline. So in the federal grants, for example, 60% are formula fed toward population and 40% are, are discretionary by the, by the state government. Um, then we all apply for those grants and awards and they go out to whatever way they do it. Um, but there is that process of um, sub subjective allocation and certain state legislators get more money to allocate to their areas than others. Um, so it's not really on a fair basis, it's more political behind the scenes, who's in power, you know, wh who's in that um, matrix, that committee to get 
the money out for their for their you know district when they do it and that's the area we want to shine a little light on is why this is public tax dollars these are the people's dollars these are not their dollars or our dollars or the, f the federal government's for the most part these are our tax dollars that get reallocated to serve you know county services and for most people don't know that the counties we're considered a local government but we're the operators for state and federal policy so what i mean by that is they'll come up and say hey we need to take care of foster youth for example so we're going to tell the county you got to do this mission or this job and here's the money for that now that job should be the same pretty much for every county but we don't necessarily get the same amount of funding per county and there should be some formula maybe for cost of living or cost of uh, the uh, employment for those counties because there's a little bit different living conditions but it should be pretty straightforward and clear-cut and open to the public so they can see how that formula is done what we find out is not done that way it's more done more in a political sense, more than a practical sense. And so we want to shed some light on it with this ballot measure. Where, and we think that with the voice of the residents saying, yes, do this, with the extreme language in there of up to succession from California, that will show how the level of dissatisfaction the residents have with the process that are currently going on. So even for the same cause you mentioned, a county like yours could get less money that a lot less money than, than another county, maybe let's say it's in, 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 in like say San Francisco or LA or. Absolutely. And even for education, we, you know, we have you know, thousands of school districts throughout California. And I was starting to look at those just briefly. And my home school district gets about two thirds what LA Unified gets per student. Um, we have a tendency in California to give more money for failure than success. So when things go bad, we throw more money at it which is kind of opposite in the private sector. We'd like to reward success and um, to incentivize them to do better. But in, in government, we, we seem to reward failure. And so th those areas that may be having a hard, harder time to do it get more resources than the areas that do a better job at it. You mentioned getting a fair share of the, the funding, and it seems like the state has a lot of money now. Can you explain to us what kind of funding is available? Yeah, I'm not a state expert on the state budget, but I will say just for me looking at it, I was a former state legislator um, 10 years ago, let's say, uh, back under Schwarzenegger and, and Governor Brown, and our budgets were close to $100 million billion for the state. I know this year we're over 300, close to $350 billion or something like that for the state. So it's gone up three times in the last decade, uh, three times the fold. So the state budget is very flush. I wish we could all say that our personal income has raised three times in the last 10 years. Um, and so there's more money out there. There's more tax money coming in and there's a lot of grants coming from federal government. So we have both, uh, the first big set of money was the CARES Act, then the ARPA money that came out, America Recovery Act money, and now we also have the infrastructure bill that's gonna be coming out the next four years. Those be sent by the federal government to the state governments for distribution throughout the counties for the work and for different purposes. CARES Act was more for um, recovery after COVID or support COVID operations. The American Recovery Act was more economic and the infrastructure is going to be more on the infrastructure. 
Um, on the federal side, it's more of that 60-40, 60 formula fed and 40 in, in opportunity money, uh, they would call it, that we all apply for. And, and what we need is that backing of our state legislature to support certain projects on their priority. That's where the discretion comes in. On the state funding, a lot of that is going through the state agencies. Um, how they formally feed each county is completely different. So all 58 counties probably get a different amount of money for the same job. And that process is what we're trying to discover. How do you come up with that formula fed? You know, how much per person in this county versus that person? All we know is that um, counties like Los Angeles and areas like San Francisco and Oakland, the higher you know, density population gets a lot more per person than the rural counties get. And so we're trying to shed some light on that with this ballot measure and our study, if, if passed. And so we could have that data and hopefully make some good arguments why that data is wrong and why it should be you know, changed the way they do that process. Do you think right now is somewhat relationship oriented or cause oriented? I, I'm sure it has a lot to do with the relationships between um, the legislators and the governor's office and, and the governor's office with his departments and their ties to them, yes. I think there's some political influence in there. Now, you mentioned that there's some mandates on, on your county. Can you explain, you, you mentioned there's mandates, but there's no funding for these mandates. Can you explain there, that? There's always a lot of mandates. Uh, and we, the state will say they fund some of those mandates, but we, sometimes we say we, you're not funding us enough to do those mandates. But basically all the social services that the, the residents hopefully will never need, but they're there, the safety net programs in the county are state directed. So we're, we're told to do everything from probation to you know, foster care, like I said, to mental health, social, all the social programs is things that the counties take on as their primary mission. That's a bigger part of our budget. Um, those are, for, are formula fed to the state to give our counties X amount of dollars to do that. A lot of times we have to augment those departments with state or county general fund money to actually have them do their job. Uh, good ones in the, in the press right now is the care courts that are coming through. So I think there's five counties right now, Los Angeles, San Diego, I, th I think maybe Riverside, and I think there's five that are gonna be primary starting this next year, and that's for mental health um, population base goes in front of a judge, and the judge will say, this is what you need, this is county, this is what we're gonna direct you to do, but right now there's no funding for that. So we're arguing by our counties association say, well, this is a mandate for us to do more, give us the resources to do that more. Um, they're saying, well, we already gave you money. Well, is there enough to cover that? So if a judge tells, I have to have a housing, I have to have a medical treatment and everything else for this individual, do we have the resources to do that currently uh, and provide that? So the rest of the counties are coming online, I think by 2024, um, we're arguing that there needs to be a funding stream for that, but that's tech, tech kind of example how these programs start off with. It comes up with a need, the state perceives a need, and then they'll direct the counties to come up with the program and sometimes give us money for it and sometimes not. And so we argue for that case that, hey, there's not enough money for this program. And you guys have talked to the state leaders. You mentioned for the last 10, 12 years, you've been well, trying to. I, I've been elected for close to 20 years now. So I've been dealing with the political or, or the government process for a long time. And I have contacts with everybody in the state legislature and yes, 
we have um, associations of counties, we have associations of cities, and we come up with an agenda, and we go up and lobby, just like the business and labor groups throughout the California do, and say these are our needs, these are the problems we have. Um, many do not get addressed, especially when it comes to the, the resource side. You want us to do this job, but you're not giving us money to do it. Housing's a big issue in California. We all know, I think the latest number is the average home price in California is 840,000. How many new, you know, 20 some of year olds can buy a house now? Um, so on one hand, they're saying you need to build more housing, okay? And forcing us through the numbers of allocation from Sacramento for each city to build X amount of more houses. The problem is some of these cities have no land left. So literally they have to tear down single family homes and build apartments or condos to build up more housing units. But they're not giving us the dollars for that. At the same time, layer upon layer of regulation to um, add, you know, you gotta have solar, you gotta have you know, drought stuff, you have this kind of insulation. We want these type of provisions all add to the cost of housing. And then you also have environmental groups and the school districts, everybody else saying, well, we need more money for this and we're gonna add these fees on it. We want you to do this and that. So we're dealing with all these multiple layers of, of governance and laws but the problem is we don't have enough housing for the population, not enough affordable housing. For San Bernardino County, we started off with this is the largest county in you know, North America. We have lots of land. You should have a lot of land, right? We have lots of land. But now they're coming up, if I build housing in areas where the land is uh, abundant and cheap, like in the high desert, we can build all the housing you want. But it's not next to population centers. So now they want us to tax those houses with another fee if they drive more than you know, 15, 20 miles from population centers, well, this adds to the price again. So it goes against the affordable housing thing. And then if you want me to build up there, you gotta help me build my freeway capacity because they're already crowded going up you know, the hill and back down. So we need to build you know, more lanes of freeways. So we need to work better together in, in for these visions that the state has and allocate the resources toward the needs that they're saying the needs are, and also stop counteracting those needs with more layers of regulations as we go, and more, you know, these different things that add more to the cost of what their mission they're assigning us to do. Now, and your county is growing, right? You guys, uh, there's, uh, after the pandemic, this is, you're one of the only counties, and there's a couple of counties that are growing, right? Yes, yeah, so in California, we hear about the exodus of California. I think the overall population is slowing down or went backwards. Um, San Bernardino and Riverside, the Inland Empire, as we call it combined, has been the one growth area of California. So we're still continuing to grow. We're supposed to add another 20% of population over the next 25 years. So that's put us even a larger population base. I think Riverside's number fourth most populated county, we're number five. And so you combine that with our growth rate, we'll be in the top, you know, two or three or four when we're done. And um, so yeah, we're trying to build the infrastructure going forward. And like I said at the beginning, I don't expect every dollar to be allocated per person equally but there needs to be a transparency the way they allocate the dollars toward that segment of dollars or you know for that budget so if we're growing infrastructure well where does where are you going to build freeways and why you know and not just go out per dollar per dollar per population um so certain regions don't need them anymore exactly right? because their population would be going down um, it's no sense to build much more new schools in an area that's declining in population, for example. So you have to use the data to allocate the resources, but that seems to be done in, in back rooms somewhere. It's not transparent. And all we know is 
year after year, decade after decade, that our counties are, are still at the lower level when the bottom third of the resources that the state gives out for the top, you know, fifth largest county in the state. So something's gotta be wrong there because we know we're growing, and, but we're still at the bottom of the food chain when it comes to the money coming from the state for our population base. Now, if you guys had the freedom and you were kind of said, okay, you're on your own. And, and there's some reports of people saying that you want to create your own state, but uh, you're not there yet. But if you were in this position, what would you, what would you guys do? Well, I think that for us as policy, elected official policymakers, data is our friend, at least in my opinion. The more data we have, the better. So if we could collect the data and get a clear picture, we can make better decisions in directions we go. Um, it's not just creating your own state, it's maybe, I mean, and I think it's Oregon, I think there's seven counties right now that's already voted to leave the state of Oregon to go to Idaho. You know, none of us on local government can make that happen. And I'm just gonna be really clear on that. You could have 99% of my population vote on it. I can't make us succeed from California and either start our own state or go to Nevada or Arizona or anything like that. What it does is sends a signal to the state representatives that you're not taking care of this portion of California by this vote. Um, it takes an act of Congress, it takes the president to sign it, and an act of the state legislature to make a succession happen or to change this. And I think the last one is Virginia, North and South Virginia or something like that. So it's been a long time. Um, but it does, like I said, gives the voice of the people behind us if it passes, especially with a large margin saying, hey, we're not happy. We want you to look at this county supervisors and look at what it takes to be succession. And we may be lobbying, the population may be lobbying to have changes here done in our county. If it was up to your residents, like, do you think some of these housing rules that you mentioned is causing the housing costs to go up? Do you think they would go for it? Well, I think there's a lot of things. If the public knew how much went into non-physically building a house, Okay, you have land costs and you have the construction costs. We get that. It's all the extra fees. I think they'd be very angry at why that house now is going up so much. It's um, school fees, it's city fees, it's, it's local government fees, it's state regulations and, and other things that add to the price of new houses. And when there's a shortage of demand, then obviously the existing stock of houses go up because the demand is high and there's not that much out there. So that's why we saw the big uh, run of real estate prices the last few years. And what I'm concerned is what happened what, in the 80s or whatever when we had the, you know, the big dip and a lot of people lost their homes or in loans they couldn't afford because the economy starts to slow down. And so we need to keep the housing market in par with the, with the government as we grow, which is us making sure we have the supply stock needed to keep that at, at market value versus inflated market values. What's puzzling to me is that people say there's a shortage of housing and you look at coastal areas, yes, they're built out, but here you are, you have your county, you guys have land, right? And we are building a lot. We are building a lot in the Inland Empire. That's probably one of the reasons why we're growing so much because we do have the land. And I'm a big believer in free market. The market will correct itself as long as we're free and we all have equal playing fields. Uh, the state's coming down, and I said on the committee that help allocate what we call marina numbers, each city to take X amount of housing. So let's take Redondo Beach, for example. And I forgot their number, but it's something like 2,700 new homes. Well, if we went to Redondo Beach, there's no place there's to no build, build. 2,700 homes. So I feel really bad for the local electeds there, the council members there, because if they go to the, you know, the population saying, well, I'm going to zone this whole area of single family homes in the high density, 
they're probably not going to stay elected very long because that's not what the residents want. Um, but if they don't do it, they get cut off from state resources because you're not following their you know, rules of how much population you need to build. And so it's a catch-22 for local government right now. In my stance for the county of San Bernardino, we got it pretty easy. We have lots of land, but now they're threatening to this new law coming out to penalize us to being further away from the rest of the homes and putting more homes in the high desert because it means more people drive on the freeway, which means it's going to cost the state more money to help build freeways. So they didn't want to do that. So they want to stop building there. So what their idea is, is they're going to make everybody to be downtown LA or downtown San Francisco. They don't like single family homes. They want high density next to transportation corridors, whether it be rail or whatever the case may be, and they want to build more of those. But I think what makes California great is, and frankly the United States great, is that we do have local government to stand up and say, my residents don't want this. My residents want to be a suburbia area. That's the reason why they moved here. If they want to live in you know, like a downtown high rise, they would have lived in downtown high rise, but they moved out here because they like having a little bit of yard, they like having open space, and they like having good schools and a safe neighborhood. And for us, we're kind of stuck between the state what they're telling us we must do and our residents to say we don't want to do that. And that compromise of trying to have a, a, a vision what's going to be the next five years or 15 years for our local you know, neighborhoods is really the compromise we're trying to set forward. And it's, it's conflicting all the time. Do you think the state will lose a lot of people for the, because the people that want to have single family homes and they can't afford it here because it's going, the prices are going up, do you think these people I was wondering, like, why shouldn't they go to your county? Uh, they might not afford to be in Newport Beach or Santa Monica, but they could go to your county if they want to stay in this state. But it seems like the cost is going so, so much higher with these mandates. Well, I'm afraid that you're going to have to be on the wealthier side to own a single-family freestanding home in the future the way they're trying to design it. I mean, you see the new home prices even in the outskirts are five or 600. I know this because my son, who's... 25 who's trying to buy his first home right now and we've been looking with them and even out I would call the boondocks away from my area my county it's still 550 to 650 for a new home and it's very unaffordable for you know a younger family just getting started so what it is is going to be more the division of the haves and haves nots going forward unless we get the the supply up and keep the regulations down to build more of it and the logic behind it is, yeah, we have all this open space up in the high desert. I could grow my cities of Victorville and Apple Valley and all the rest. But if I don't have the job centers up there, that means more people are driving an hour and a half to work each day. So we as a county have been trying to focus on economic development. How do we bring employers to the county and have the housing to support those employers? And that's constant role by us, you know, trying to reach out and bring them back in. But that's the stigma up in, in Sacramento is, Everyone's got to be close to a job center, so that's why you need density. And their logic is the further out we build, the more infrastructure it costs to build it out. We don't want to pay for that infrastructure, and which is some truth to it. But the one thing we never looked at in Sacramento, which always frustrates me, is how do we do it cheaper? How do we build that infrastructure cheaper? We have made the rules that make us the most expensive state to do business in. So when I look at the price per linear foot in California versus the price per linear foot in Nevada to build the same freeway, the same road, being one-fifth the cost in Nevada it is in California, wow. there's a problem there that we're not addressing. 
we have rules, made so many rules in you know, CEQA and NEPA and you know, environmental regulations, certain kind of labor things, all the rest, that the cost to do the business in California for government is so much higher than it is in other governments. And we should be looking at how to reverse that trend to be more competitive. And everything, just like private sector, I always say that government's in competition with government. That the problem is we have a monopoly. So it's a, we tend to do the same things over and over about really changing the way we do it unless you have to by competition. So to change the mentality that, hey, why don't we look at what they're doing in Nevada? Why aren't we looking at what they do in Arizona? How come their price for our product is so much cheaper than ours? Is there something the way we're doing it wrong here? And that's where the discussion should be. If Sacramento had a vision for your county, would it be a dense population in high rises in the middle of the desert? Is that, is that what they want? That's what they want everywhere, yes. Um, again, because it costs a lot. It costs a lot more money to string out houses than it is to build the center. Okay. Is it cost or is it the emissions? Because there's this ideology we want to have zero emissions. It's both, but mostly it's cost. The cost of freeways, we can't build any more freeways in, in California. It's not going to happen. We're going to add a lane here or there, but you're not going to see a new 210 freeway come up anytime soon. They're, it's cost prohibited. Is it because of the lawsuits and environmental issues? It's all that, yes. It's the, a lot of cost. 30% of our cost goes just to the study before you build something. It takes, I'll give you a good example, and this you don't have to cover or not, but I'm tech friendly. So I've been working with Elon Musk's companies. One of them is the boring company. They drill a hole underground. So they were in you know, the basement of SpaceX and Hawthorne. I brought them out to San Bernardino County, found them some land. They're doing all the research development out in my county, which is fantastic. And I said, I want the first project here. And so we've been working with them for four years now to go from Ranch Cucamonga to Ontario Airport for an underground loop. It's taken us four or five years to just get to the environmental process. You think about it, this is 45 feet underground. So I don't know how many creatures or environmental impacts we have at 45 feet underground, but it's emerging technology. It costs 20 cents on the dollar versus a surface road. So very cost effective. And I can't get to the point that's yet to start building. Yet they went to Nevada and they already built the tunnel underneath the convention center and they're on phase two. And they've done that in the last wow. 18 months. So these are my frustrations. We have fantastic companies here, great ideas. We have all this stuff, but our rules and regulations make it so cumbersome to do a job. And if you spend 30% of your capital money just on this environmental study and five or six years of prep, th just think about the inflationary cost, what it costs us, another 20 or 30% on top of that, 30% of that. So these are the things we need to fix in California to make us the, the great golden state again, is we need to reverse some of these layers and layers of regulations, layers and layers of bureaucracy, and the challenges that we must do to get something done here, we could be competitive again. And otherwise, we're gonna keep losing these companies and losing these technologies to other states or around the world. Do you have any other thoughts for our audience? No, I just uh, keep open mind, hold your legislators accountable, hold your electeds accountable for their promises, look the way they vote. And that's one thing after me being elected for 20 years is seeing groups that believe in one thing but still vote for their person who votes 100% against them because they like them, okay? All we are is we're your public servants. We're the ones supposed to represent your voice in the boards and commissions and the legislature that we represent you in. So check our voting record out and make sure we're reflecting your thoughts and values going forward. Kurt Hackman, 
chairman of the San Bernardino County Supervisors. It was great to have you. On Thank you for having me on. Looking forward to future discussions.